Hello and welcome back to the Butter Pie Podcast. I'm your host, Oliver, and today I'm joined uh, for the first time. Uh, nice to meet you, Luke. Hello. How are you, mate? Not too bad. It's not good to be here. Um, yeah, not, not so bad. Oh, it's good. I mean, obviously, um, with the podcast, we've, you know, had um, probably the same people on. So it's, not, it's nice to, you know, get everyone's opinions and uh, bring them onto the show. So first of all, I've got, uh, I've got to come to you and say, you know, what were your initial thoughts on the season as a whole, Matt? Um, I, I thought in, in terms of Frankie McAvoy being appointed, I think that the the results that he had at the end of the season prior, I believe, was it the nineteen twenty season? I think I think that we sort of had to had to give him the job. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that we did forget that it was the end of the season, and every team we played had nothing to play for. Um, and it was it was a it was a difficult appointment to get everyone's head around, but we couldn't not give it him. Um, in terms of recruitment, that summer, I mean, it it was it was dire. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it it was poor because we were never we were never gonna know that Izzy Brown was gonna get injured, so we can't really, you know, talk about that one. But Connor Wickham, so, so very optimistic one that he was never gonna get injured, and you know, all the Sundays not worked out. Jamie Thomas, was, yeah, Jamie Thomas as well. That one was a weird one. I feel, I feel like we signed him just because he scored against us. <laughs> it, it 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 really didn't make much sense. Um. We bought the squad out with a lot of people that were never going to play for us, um, and I don't think it helped us. And then, then in the January when when Ryan Lowe came in and, and looked to recruit, so I think I think McAvoy's wasn't the McAvoy wasn't great. It sort of disconnected the fans a bit. But obviously, when Lowe's come in, he's done a, he's done a decent job with what he's got. Uh, but there's definitely he's definitely got to still prove himself because it was a it was obviously a mid table finish and we sort of fell off the playoffs towards the end of it under low anyway. So I think that there's obviously great potential and, and the club is now, obviously, there's great atmosphere around. But, um, yeah, it's looking forward to next season, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, you, you mentioned on low how uh, he doesn't need to prove himself. But what I do want to mention is obviously the Barnsley game and the Middlesbrough game. I, I thought we were absolutely superb. Um, I felt especially Daniel Johnson at wing-back and uh, Alan McCann in centre-mid worked a dream. It felt like Ryan Lowe kind of figured out that um, like circles go in circle holes and, you know, square pegs go in square holes rather than, you know, having to having to put, you know... I know Brad Pops plays right wing-back, but it does still feel like, you know, it's, it's a square peg going into a round hole. So... I mean, for me, I feel like he's found something there with Daniel Johnson now in the camp. And I hope he does implement it more next season. I'm not sure what you think about this. Um, but, yeah, I do feel like he's slowly but surely getting there. I mean, the, the Daniel Johnson scenario really sort of shows that a lot of his system's creativity does come from that fullback role. And that's why it's so important that he has some... Such a creative outlet out there, hence why at Plymouth he had uh, his two wing backs at Plymouth were centre mids, weren't they? So it had that, you know, they've still got that uh, up and down and sort of the ability to go up and down the pitch, but they've got something going forward and defensively at the same time. I mean, Daniel Johnson was great in there, but we all know he's a 10. So it's a case of how do you keep him happy if he's going to play left wing? Does he want to play there? 
we, we, we obviously were not going to know that from, from the outside of the club. That's for him to deal with. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it, it was great to see. I mean, we, we've been fantastic in multiple games this season, but we also had the ones like the Cardiff game and we didn't really, we didn't really show up at all. So it's, it's quite concerning, obviously, that we do have games under low that we've conceded four or five and just sort of rolled over. Um, but I know I know you want to try and get rid of that. Uh, but yeah, I can't fault the, the final two games of the season. I think they were fantastic. And um, you know, we said uh, on um, Daniel Johnson, left wing back, and you know how how I wanted you know centre midfielders to be wing backs in his system at Plymouth. Um, what are your thoughts on Brad Potts? Obviously, you know at right wing back. Because I mean, I, I I'm still very unsure about Brad Potts at right wing back. I'm, I know quite a bit of the fan base, you know, were singing his praises when he first came in. But I feel like that was just, for me, um, it was just like, oh, it's something different. You know, I'm going to get behind it. But when you come to the realisation that, you know what, we probably do need better. I'm not sure what your thoughts are on that. I think the Brad Potts scenario has always been a difficult one because he, he came in, when he signed for us, he played right mid, I believe, for Barnsley. Um <laughs> So I believe he played on the wing initially and Neil signed him and it was sort of our marquee he signed that summer, wasn't it? Um, and he, he came in and he played, I believe he played he played for a sort of defensive midfield role, didn't he? Uh, and he was sometimes put in the 10 when Daniel Johnson wasn't fit. I think that first season he was he was really good, but um, whatever, he had that sort of um, knee injury. I, I, I believe it was a knee injury. Um and he sort of lacked confidence and, and then the whole, he started getting booed off and which probably obviously from our side didn't help him, but he wasn't, he wasn't great for us, but obviously he does look better in that wing back role. It's just, he look, always looks in two minds when he gets up the other end of the pitch of what he's going to do with the ball. And I think that you need that sort of certainty that I know what to do with this ball. Cause we could have scored a, a few more goals if he, you know, if he put a, a decent ball in um, and you're in your strike, gets on the end of it, but, I don't think we can fault him for the effort he's put in, but it's quite clear that we do need um, quite a, a high-caliber fullback to play in that system. Yeah, I know, and there's been links to uh, Nathan Byrne um, rumouring around uh, for right wing-back, and I'm still unsure about that because he does always feel Nathan Byrne. I know he was um, a right midfielder, and he even got the number 10 shirt at Swindon's. So... Um, God knows what happened there. But I've always felt that Nathan Burns more, I would say, defensively sound. And it feels like another Ola Sunday signing, potentially. So, with Lowe's system, he's he, he's he's made do with what there is at the moment with the squad uh, wing-backs. But do you feel like, come recruitment, that the club are probably not going to look for, like, wing back to such and potentially are looking for you know wingers that do have some you know defensive ability it could be that and it, and like I said before it could even be a case of looking at midfielders because I know and there's been quite a few links to, to midfielders already and I know a lot of it's agent talk but there's been some some sort of you know I, I believe we were linked with Cameron Brannigan at one point and um it, it depends what he's looking for really um we'll sort of never know until in this case, until it becomes pre-season and we start playing, if we do sign a midfielder or a winger, where he's actually going to play them. But, um, I mean, Nathan Bryan's not a, a bad shout for me. I, I know he did really well at Derby this season. Um, I mean, there's quite a few 
votes from Derby fans saying that they want him to stay. And, and I believe a lot of people voted him for his uh, as player of the season. But he's, he's one of them consistent ones. He's, he's been there in the championship. He's done it. Um, and he's he's still 29, 30. So he's still he's still not not too old. Um, it's not it's not the best signing we could make, but it's not one that I'd be too mad about if we if we're looking to invest money in, in some different areas. Definitely, and you know, because um, well, I think I think Luton and Huddersfield got a few pelters for you know signing championship championship experienced players because you know you, you look at their summer transfer, you know, you, you look at them and think they're probably not the best players, but they, they've certainly done the job because now Huddersfield, you know, the playoff final, Luton got to the playoffs, so you know. Preston North End being linked to like players like Nathan Burton is kind of the mould that Ryan Lowe set out because he wanted championship experienced players. And Nathan Burton definitely suits that. And there was big links to Lee Peltier, um, who, you, you know, obviously the club brushed off. But I, there was, it was all over Twitter and everything. Everyone was like, oh, we're going to be signing Lee Peltier. Um do, do you think there's a line between championship experienced and then, you know, just like going a bit too far? Because Lee Peltier, I mean, although the club aren't going to do it, he was 35 at the time. So it hasn't got to be a line where, you know, yes, we do need championship experience, but we also need, you know, this player to be under a certain age. So if it doesn't, you know, pan out, we're not left with a situation like we did with, David Nugent, or you could even you could even say Scott Sinclair to you know a little thing. Yeah, I, I think that age age has to be of quite high importance to us this season because we've had we've we've filled that squad with quite a few players that are a little bit older that might be you know sort of collecting away and happy to sit on the bench. And uh, there's a line between sort of young and inexperienced and experienced and too old. Like if if you were. If you just put it in perspective, that if we were looking at re-signing Huntington, that's you know we'd we'd sort of we wouldn't be happy with that. So it's got to be the same principle. We've got to make sure that we're signing people that are experienced, but possibly picked up that experience at a younger age, or that you know they they were in the championship, got promoted into the prem, and they're now looking for a move for game time. It could be any of those, but you know I, I don't think that the the penalty rumor was ever going to come off because I don't think that's Lowe's type of player. Um, I think he does want his he's sort of he's wide his wide centre backs to be quite progressive in, in play as like an Andrew Hughes. Uh, yeah. I mean I mean Diaby seems to to be quite progressive as well. I know he made a few mistakes to try to take the ball into midfield, but that's clearly what Lowe wants. Yeah. And you could even say John Story as such, because I know there was an interview with uh Lance Live and I I'm not sure what um I think his name was Dom. Um, he's a Sheffield Wednesday reporter and speaking about his time at Sheffield Wednesday and I read in there that he was um, he, he felt that John Story is quite progressive now look at looking into obviously John Story coming back and you know Lee Peltier has obviously had the links he, if Lee Peltier was coming I, I, he'd probably be playing you know right centre back so with John Story coming back in I know he played right centre back at um, at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, and then obviously Bambo Diaby's apparently got a sign. Where, where, where do you see John Story fitting into this team? Because do you see him slotting into the right centre back? I know he may he may have played central um, at Sheffield Wednesday. I, I know 
there's been a bit of um in and ahhing about Bauer this season because, you know, albeit he's been superb, you know, for the past season and a half, you have mentioned that, you know, Lowe wants progressive centre-halves. And I don't think Bauer's that. For me, I mean, Bauer, Bauer's a very clever centre-back. He's not blessed with pace. Um, but he reads the game very well. But the problem we've found in this season is, is with that with that system under low, uh, if you if your cent- if your fullbacks are pushed up and um, and your centre and your centre backs aren't tucked into your to your central centre back, if he gets put on his back foot and there's a player running at him, he doesn't seem to know what to do. He doesn't know where to show them. He doesn't know how to defend it. And a few times this season we've. Daniel Everson, he's, he's got us out of big trouble by saving some of these one-on-ones that, that Bowers managed to sort of let them through. And I think that you have to have someone that's tall, that can win your headers, that can progress out and actually has to have a little bit of pace and agility to, to sort of deal with these scenarios. Because at times we've been very open at the back, um, obviously, which Lowell looked to try and cut out. But I know this towards the end of this season, the, the few times that Bambo Diaby played, I know he did play down the middle um, with Set van der Berg on the, on the right-hand side. So it, it may be that he could be looking to, to phase Bauer out. I, I'm not so sure when Bauer's deal does come to an end, but it might be a case of Bauer's not long-term for us anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, he could, he could end up being back up. I know, you know he's been a mainstay in this defence since, you know, Ben Davis was still here. And Ben Davis, of all names, I mean... I'd I'd love for Ben Davis to come back and you know play the central role, but if you're looking at the squad at the moment, you'd probably look to play Bambo centrally and then you know see how story does in pre-season, see if he can fit into that right centre back role because I, Bauer Bauer can't play right centre back in a back three for me because he's you know as you mentioned he's he doesn't know which way to show him yeah no it has to be more progressive you know left centre-back and right centre-back, you know, Hughes is bombing up and down the pitch. You know, there's more progressive, more into midfield and stuff. And, you know, obviously, Hughes being a full-back and he's blended in there. And that, I guess that's where the links of Peltier has come from because, you know, he, he was right right back. So he came into, you know, right, cent- right centre-back role. Um, it's, I do feel like North End need to sign a centre-half this summer and I'm unsure you know if Jordan Story is going to be ready or not because I know he's going to have you know suitors coming thick and fast from League One and potentially even Championship because he's done so well at Sheffield Wednesday you know if he doesn't if he doesn't you know fit into those plans could you see him sold and then you know we're we're looking at potentially you know another two centre-halves being signed in the summer yeah, I can I can see it because I, I don't know if did you watch the um the playoff semi-finals at all? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so it was a bit Sunderland's Sunderland's winner. He he looked really poor defensively for that. Very yeah, poor. he got skinned, didn't he? Down the he got side. he got he got skinned. He he wasn't really positioned very well, and when once he's just gone past him, he just sort of let he just let him go. Um, and I don't think we can afford that. And he's been very shaky when he played for us. I know he played for us at the start of this season. Um, I would imagine Lowe sent him out to Chef Wednesday in particular um, because of that free-back system. Um, I mean, he does need to get used to that because it is something different. 
we'll, we'll see. I know Lowell assess him in in preseason and see, but I, I don't see why we wouldn't we wouldn't sell him if the right money came in. And, and I say that about the the majority of that squad. Uh, I don't see why, you know, a, sort of a lot of bar, barring Andrew Hughes, any of the centre halves, um, or maybe you know, I think Josh Early, if he went out alone, or even a League One or Two club signed him on a permanent. There's a lot of players in that in that squad that could could walk this summer. Yeah, I know the club mentioned in their retain list they're listening to offers for free players with Josh Arab, Ola Sunday, and Tom Bayliss. I, I mean. I, in terms of Harrop and, and Bayliss, Bayliss we've had a lot of money for, never did it for us, hasn't done it at Wigan. Harrop had probably the most potential in the squad, if I'm being honest, and Neil did seem to phase him out, really. He had a good season, I remember, and he just seemed to just disappear. Um, but he's not, not done it for Fleetwood, so I, I, I don't have any issue with these players being sold. Um, I, I think it's a smart move to so just get off the way he's got and start again. Well, there's definitely other players in that contracted list that, you know, the club should listen to. I mean, there's some players in there that, you know, although you think potentially should go, they're probably not going to bring any player, like money in. I know you could probably look at Chad Evans. You know, how does Chad Evans fit into this side next season? They don't, but you've got to look at you know he's is it a year he's got left in his deal now, so he's good to have around if you you know if you sign a new striker. Um, I'm not entirely sure how up to date you've been with Twitter today, but there's some big links and us to uh, to uh, you know Dane Scar- uh, Starlet. D- Scarlett. Dane Scarlett, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, you know Chad Evans is they're a very similar build, so I want I mean it's probably good for him to be be around players like that. Okay. Um, you know he's he's not a bad one like like Huntington. He, he was always like Lowe said he was a he's, he was always at training and he was always the sort of the model player. So more uh, of a mentor. Type. Well, yeah, yeah, that's like a... um, yeah, that's probably the the way I'd go about it. And you know I, I can't imagine he's on too much money. No. Um, and you know like with his deal coming to an end, really, if, if money was going to be coming for him, it wouldn't be a lot. Not not with him being so close to the end of a deal, but. You got to look at it in terms of the the squad that we have. We've really trimmed it down, um, and, and you can't sell too much because it's yeah. a big ask to to replace what we've got rid of already. Yeah. Do Do you feel like if Dane Scarlett did come in, you know, it's it's kind of like potentially overshadowing like Cameron Archer? Do you feel like you know if we do bring in Dane Scarlett, we we won't bring in Cameron Archer, or well, do you got... feel like the two different moulds of players? They are two different models of players, but it's the it's a similar sort of sort of caliber of player. You know that that Premier League player that's always been on the verge of the the first team, and and you know they've gone out looking at going out on loan to try and get some game time. I think we've got to be clever in terms of striker recruitment because we're not going to know if we're going to get Archer back till very late. Um, so we've got to have something lined up if that all falls through. And yeah. I mean, in in terms of the links, I think the links we've had to strikers, I think Dane Scarlett's third on my list, I think I'd rather bring in an archer. And then I know there's been heavy links to Andre Gray. Um, it, it, it's a difficult one because I know he's probably on a lot of money, but he's probably realised himself that he's not going to get that big money move anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it's up to him, and I know Lowe will have a talk with him and whatever. Um, but if if he wants to come in, he's going to have to work at it. Um, 
you'd suggest because obviously no offense, you know, wage structure. Um, I can't see him paying more than you know, probably looking at 15, 20. And say, say you do bring in Dane Scarlet or you do bring in Cameron Archer, um, you probably are going to want a permanent striker as well. Is Andre Gray, you know, obviously the links, he's, he's done well in QPR. You know, he he must be on at least sixty grand, and you know he's not he's not going. <laughs> he'd be one of our highest earners, put it that way, because although he's probably not going to get a big money move, you know, somewhere else, he's probably going to be demanding, you know, quite high on North End structure. So what what I'm what I'm trying to think here is, you know, should we be having you know someone who's going to be high on our wage structure? potentially not even starting because if you bring in Cameron Archer back or Dane Scarlett, you know, Spurs will be wanting Dane Scarlett to play as much as Cameron Archer did. You know, Cameron Archer comes back, you know, he's going to be pushing to play every game. So, you know, would you really have it like someone on big money on the bench? It, it, it's a it's a difficult conversation to have because by the same token that Archer comes back and is a 20-goal-a-season striker... It's nice to have something off the bench as well. I mean, it's it's something that we're going to have to really have a have a think about because we there's no guarantees we're, we're near the playoffs this season, and we have mm. to look past that as well because we're not going to get Archer back the year after. It's definitely not. We might not even get him back this year. So it's 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 difficult as to what we what sort of process we're going to go for. I would imagine we bring in a permanent striker and someone on loan. But would you, for, for the permanent striker there, would, would you, like, I know there's been links to Gray, but would you try to be more focused on potentially someone younger, you know, that would fit into our wage structure more, you know, evenly, and, you know, could make an impact off the bench or could, you know, push a starting position, maybe not this season, like push into the first team, but come off the bench this season, you know, impact next season when the loan's gone or as you said would you you know prefer someone proven like Andre Gray um I think it, it depends um because our, our, if Arch comes back it's a very different conversation than if Dane Scarlett comes because for me he's he's only 18 and he's not proven himself at all um whereas I know Archer towards the start of the season had scored quite a lot of goals in cup competitions <laughs> Um, and, and Lowered's recognised him prior to that, hadn't he? Um, so it was it was sort of sort of a move that Low wanted. If Dane Scott comes, you're not sure how he performs week in week out. Um, but you know we, we've also got a factor in the, the fact that we've got Emma Reese who's scored 20 goals this season, and and Mikey O'Neill that's looking to break into the first team. Uh, absolutely, and you know, for for me personally, Luke, I, I I'd look towards you know. Uh, a, a youngish player who has something to prove, you know, even even our three or you know, um, because Andre Gray is probably one of those signings that you make when you're you're certain you're going for a playoff push. And for me, at the moment, you know, obviously with the, the transfer window coming up and stuff, I'm still uncertain about where North End will finish. You know, we do need to have a good summer transfer window because last summer's was. Abysmal to say the least. I know. I know we brought in Alan McCann, and Alan McCann's been a superb signing. You know, his di- Alan McCann's display against Borough is one of the best I've seen in a long time at Deepdale. But 
you mentioned at the start, you know, Connor Wickham, you know, Izzy Brown, which unlucky, yeah, fair enough. You know, Jamie Thomas, you're just thinking, you know, that these players are just filling up our box and it needs to be a lot, lot better. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. I think the strike position is something we signed last because that position dictates off our season. But it only dictates our season if we recruit the rest of the squad well. It could go one of three ways. We could finish mid-table. We could get relegated. We could we could go up. You know, you have no idea with, with the amount of players we have to, to sort of try and bring in. We've got no contracted keeper. That's huge. Because, you know, you're looking at Matt Ingram. Did he do well at Luton? He wasn't the best. I think we could do better. I think we'll look for, as you say, like a mentor as a permanent signing, as like a number two. Because I, I think we're very, very keen on that Gavin Bazuna, who was online at Portsmouth, who I think yeah. is going to be a real coup. You know, I, I, mean, I, think, I think a couple of North End fans have to look past the fact that Iverson's probably not going to be here next season. No, I, I agree. And I know Bazunu, uh, there was huge links to him signing for Tottenham. Um, but I know Tottenham have signed Fraser Forster now, so it could be a case that we get him on a loan deal and you look at recruiting a, a sort of older keeper on a permanent. There's been some some links to Ben Foster, but he's 40. He brings a little bit too much drama with the, the camera and, and stuff, and he's he must be on mega money. I just don't see that happening at all. If I, if I if I had to uh, guess a player as a mentor, probably look towards someone like Kieran Westwood, uh, potentially as like a number two. You know, Irish. You know, could, could have the same links between you know Gavin Bazuno and you know, yeah, a lot, a lot of the squad's Irish as well. I do feel like he's a good mentor, and you know, uh, there was mentioned you probably need a third keeper, but I think this uh, young James Pradich is um, up and coming. Through so you know you know you've got to let the youth, the youth you know try and force a way in because the youth's probably well it's the best it's been in a very long time. Yeah, really. I agree. And and we had three contracted keepers and two of them are probably two of the worst keepers we've had at deep down. I mean, I went I went down to Barbara Bridge a few times and watched Matt Hudson this season and he was appalling. It was terrible. I think, I think I think Michael Crow gives him a run for money. To be fair, I mean, my we the the past uh, three or four backup keys we've had, uh, Michael Crow, um, we had, um, was it uh, Connor Ripley and uh, Matt Hudson, Matt and Hudson. and all, between the three of them, they had what two championship appearances? Like it, it was it was very poor. Um, I mean, if if everything got injured last season, I think we would have been in huge trouble. Yeah, mass, massive trouble. It's, I mean, you look at, and it's not to be harsh, you, you probably look towards youth before, you know, playing any of the backup keepers now. Really? Yeah, I certainly. mean, um, but speaking on, you know, Iverson and then second Archer, um, for you, Luke, where would you rank him in order of importance for the team last season? I think in, in terms of importance, Got to be Everson at the top, no doubt about it, because he kept us in so many games last season. Um, I really did rate Sep. Um, I think he, he turned into a, a very good player for us. Um, but I don't think he was as important as Archer was, because 
Archer and Reese were instrumental to us getting anywhere near a playoff push last season. And mm-hmm. although it didn't amount to anything, I think we would have been more looking at lower half of uh, lower half of the table if Archer didn't come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it for me it's Everson, Archer, and then Sep. But the obviously yeah. three three of the best loan players we've had in a, a very long time. So, well, speaking of that. Where do you rank them in the best loan signings of North End in the past 10 years? Because obviously we've had, you know, Pickford, you know, Nemecha, McGeady, you know, where, where would you rank them amongst them? So, the for me, the best the best player we've had on loan was McGeady uh, by a mile. Um, and then I think I think you got to then look towards probably, I mean, I rank Everson above Pickford because I think yeah, Everson yeah. was not necessarily... A better all-round keeper. He's a better shot stopper because Pickford's distribution for us was was great. No, no, no. Um, I never, he kicks the ball, you know, into another penalty area if he wants to. So it's it's one of them. But and then I'd say following that, I really rated the matcher. Um, I, I don't think I don't think he got the credit he deserved until after he left, and and after he left, we thought. Oh. We've got we've <laughs> got known that we've got known the Metcher. It was yeah. that it was that consistent performer that he didn't he didn't score hatfuls of goals or get hatfuls of assists, but he, he was a he was an outlet on the wing. No, he always yeah. made he's always made an impact the Metcher. And you know, um, when I spoke to him, he was just a really nice on the sky. And you know, he, he did mention you know that you know although the fans did you know sometimes get on his back, he didn't really look towards it. And, you know, I mean, look. He's probably had the best career out of the loanees that have, you know, gone out because he's now at Fulsberg. So, fingers crossed, you know, we're bringing a loanee that does the same, you know, Dane Scarlett, you know. Yeah, he's, he's a big name, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's a big name. I remember that, um, the striker from Leon. Uh, we were linked with him on the Neil. I, I don't 100% remember his name. Can um, he go to Doncaster? I, but I think so. Um, I, I, his name, his name's escaped me, um, but he's he's English and he is at Leon. I can't remember where he came from originally. Um, oh, Leo Griffiths, is it? Rio yeah, Griffiths. Leo Griffiths. Leo Griffiths, that's it, yeah. Uh, I mean, he didn't seem to amount to much, really, but, you know, you've got them players that are, are over there, them, them English uh, youngsters that have left, you know, your cities, your Man Uniteds and gone abroad and, and are looking for some game time. Um, there's, there's there's all sorts of uh, sort of options that we've got. Uh, and like you know, like you said, the Metro's amounted to to something. He's he plays for the German national team now, and he's at he's at Wolfsburg. At, is it what 22, 23 now? So you know he's still got plenty of time. But I know there's been links to is it uh, Bers and Selina? Yes, yeah, Selina, Selina. Um, he, he's from he's uh, at Dijon in yeah, uh, French league. He went on loan tips, which I know Ipswich are very keen to get him back, and they do have a lot of money. Um, so we can see, but I do feel like North End do need that spark, even if it comes off the bench. Because you look at the bench, um, you know, recently we've got, you know, there's no creativity coming off the bench, so there's not really a plan B for you know Ryan Lowe to you know change a few things. The only thing he probably could change was going to a, a back four and putting you know Rafferty on if needs be, and. It's not really an attacking change going to a back four, I think. We've got we've got to we've got to look at what we can bring in on the budget on the bench that's gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna really have to make an impact with. 
I'm I'm a big Sean Maguire advocate. Um, I, I sort of have been since he signed, but um, he's not a striker anymore. But then I sort of have to now ask my ask the question: What actually where is does he? he play? Where, yeah. where does he play? He seems to drop more into the ten. And I know uh, there was that um, that picture going around on Twitter that that sort of stated that he is our most creative forward player by a a, a long stretch. Uh, mm-hmm. but, if you if we do play him up top and he drops into the tent to pick the ball like Harry Kane sort of does, even if the ball does fall to him in the penalty area, he cannot seem to put it in the net. No matter what he does, and that's an issue. That's where it becomes an issue for me. The creativity is great, but if the ball falls to you in the penalty area and you and you you know you score ten in a hundred, it's not ideal. Well, like I've actually got a stat here. So, Chad Evans and Sean Maguire, uh, goals combined, um, they actually had the same amount as Baron Rafferty did combined. It's not great. Not, not when you've got three strikers signed on and only one of them can score. Um, yeah. It's a bit worrying, to say the least, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I can see Maguire going this season. Um which I think, I think the the back end of Maguire post post the the second hamstring injury, I think it's sort of overshadowed the the sort of impact he made when he came in because when he's first signed for us, I don't think for a long time Preston had a striker that was that electric. He was unbelievable. He scored like two three goals, you know, every other game. It it was it was it was honestly. Quality oh, I, to thought see. Was, I thought it was the next coming of Pelé mate, when he first signed from Cork. It, he just couldn't stop scoring. And the problem was the way the Irish League fell, he played. He played all through summer, then went on the international with Ireland, then started up with us. And then towards the end of that season, he got that hamstring injury, came back, had a blinder against Bolton, and then never seemed to really do it again. Yeah, it's. It's, it's probably one of those where injuries just hampered him. I and mean, you could you could probably say the same about Conor Wickham. I mean, obviously, he didn't show it at North End, but injuries have hampered him. And it's a shame, really, because, you know, Sean Maguire was one of my favourite players. But yeah, I think the time's got to come where you've got to, you know, he's probably had enough time to try and like prove himself to be back where he is. You know, he's not, he's not really done it last season or this season, really, to say the least. I, I know... He, he did well with Reese linking up and being a bit unselfish and that such. But as Cameron Archer's coming and proven, you know, you can link up well with Emil Reese and you can also score some, you know, very important goals. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a case of we've got to look at what's really what we're going to do going forward up front because I think two strikers need to come in and one needs to go. But that is Ched. I wouldn't mind Maguire staying if, if we do bring in, uh, you know, some more strikers because he does offer something. He offers something different, I feel, Maguire. And I, I see Chad Evans in like his first season, he, he fought for everything. And, you know, I think that's probably something that people liked because, you know, we never really had a striker who, you know, was always fighting for something. And, you know, he, he clearly wanted to play for the badge. And, you know, he fought and, yeah, the tactics probably weren't the best and it probably did suit him the fact that you know we went long ball you know Chad Evans used to smash into a few players potentially win the ball 
but it, it really worked for Chad Evans, that system. But this Ryan Lowe system, you know, it doesn't work for Chad Evans. You know, we, we, we don't lump the ball up top, you know. We, we, we need... I, I do feel like Maguire does fit Lowe's system a lot more than Chad Evans, put it that way. That's that's what I try to get out of that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that I've never seen a championship club go up with a, a let's lump the ball to a Chad Evans-type striker. I think Mitrovic is a little bit of that, but he also has that goal-scoring threat, the pace, the technical ability. I think that's the closest it's been. Um, you know, you look at you look at your Bournemouth. Bournemouth have got Solanke. Uh, he does a bit of everything as well. You know, the, you've got these versatile forwards now. I mean, Keenan Davis as well. He's another one. These sort of these big, big, quick strikers that Chen Evans isn't. Um, I think Reese is. Uh, but he's he's probably the most inconsistent player I've, I've seen in the North End in a long time. But that doesn't mean I don't rate him. I think he's instrumental to what we've done this season. Mm. And, you know, going back a bit, Luke, you mentioned, you know, players being abroad. Um, obviously, we did sign Emil Reese, And, you know, English speaking, uh, there was... Someone who mentioned on the tweet because I put out, is there any you know questions or topics? And you could probably even say looking at re-signing Ben Davis because I'd love Ben Davis and I think he'd be easily the best centre half uh, in that back three, and he could easily play centrally. And, and you know, I I would I would be against Ben Davis signing, but um, Charlie or at Com Peony Five. Five two four. Uh, he mentioned Melly Mullenstein. Do you remember him? I do. Because obviously, um, yeah. obviously he's doing it now in Netherlands, isn't it? Uh, I think so. I think that's where he went. But for me, if we need to sort of lose this sentimentality at Preston, we've we've sort of we re-signed Nugent. It didn't work. We've re-signed Cunningham. It didn't work as well as we hoped it would. I, I think that there becomes a, a point where you have to start afresh. And I wouldn't be opposed to Ben Davis signing, like like you said, but my, my sort of question regarding that is, how does that work? Because if you're looking at bringing in, even if you play David Johnson at left wing back, or you bring in a left wing back, in your back five, is it is it balanced enough to have sort of three solely left-footed players? Mm-hmm. You know, because... Uh, Hughes Hughes doesn't look the most comfortable on his right foot, and I, I don't rem- I don't really recall Ben Davis being the most comfortable on his right foot either. Um, it, it, it's not something I've seen very often. Uh, three left-footed players in, in your back in your back three uh, in your back five, but you know it could work. It's just a case of if if Davis wanted to play that left centre back, where do you then play Hughes? Well, you probably play Davis in the centre back role, wouldn't you? But it's probably not. You know, he wants to play central. Yeah, it depends where he wants to play, and it depends what sort of what sort of money. I, I do, um, I do, I do feel like uh, of the permanent players we had here for, for those, you know, sentimental things to come back. I, you're probably looking at, you know, Ben Davis is probably the only one. I, I know people mention Ben Pearson and stuff, and you know, oh, Callum Robinson, but you, they're on wages that are astronomical, and they're not going to be available for loan or whatever. So. Yeah. No, we, we can't get sucked into that. I mean, yeah, we, can't, yeah, we, can't buy, we can't buy another midfielder unless they're going to play fullback. We just, there's no, there's no point. You've got Ryan Ledson back in the, in the mix as well now. So 
it just doesn't make any sense to me. Speaking of Ryan Ledson, what what how, how does he fit into this next season? Because for me, you know, Alan McCann's Alan McCann should be starting every game, and you know that probably fills you know where Ryan Ledson will play. Because for me, next season, I'm not sure if he wants to play Brad, uh, DJ Central. I'm not sure where he's going to play Brown. I feel like Alan McCann offers more with Whiteman and DJ. Uh, I, f- I feel like Alan McCann and DJ work so well together. So it's like, where do you play Brown? Do you, do you push Brown out to right wing back, potentially? You know, I get... Think... I mean, I think we all thought that Brown was going to play right wing back when he first came yeah, in. Because the yeah. first thought was that, but <laughs> can you have your captain playing right wing back? Is, he, is, is, he, is he that player that low looks to in midfield to have that bit of bite sometimes? But then where are you putting Alan McCann? Because Alan McCann played like the best. He, he, like, he, may, he may be biased, but that, that performance against Middlesbrough was one of the best I've seen in a very long time. And, you know, it, it I, was, I've high praises of Ben Pearson, yeah. but Alan McCann was up there, you know. It, you know, it was like that uh, Hanover Senga performance against when Bristol City came, like he, he ran the place. Like, he, yeah, he, he had, did. He had three midfielders chasing him at all times. And I just don't understand the the way the balance, how, how we're gonna how we're gonna work that next season. I think that we could well see DJ at left wing back, but with his contract expiring at the end of next season, if an offer comes in for him to play centrally somewhere else, is he gonna take that? Yeah, you can't lose DJ. You can't. <laughs> you can't lose DJ. Yeah, but you got then you got to ask the question: Is is he going to re-sign if you're playing left wing back? These are all sorts of scenarios that Ryan Lowe's going to have to sort of deal with this season, and and ultimately we're going to have to just wait and see. I, I, I really, I don't think it's a predictable midfield anymore. It used to be. It used to be Pearson, Brown, and DJ every week. But yeah, now, Gallagher, now sometimes. Gallagher sometimes when he's when when it wasn't so fast-paced. But now you've got five, six midfielders that could well break in, you know. You've got um, the the Portuguese lad that's training with us as well, up a year. Is he? Uh, oh, yeah, Dana, 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 Dana Ramiro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he looks like he looks like a bit of a, a sort of a box-to-box midfielder, so he might break in at some point soon. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see because there's we've got a lot of midfielders at the club now. Yeah, we have. I, th- I think the one position you probably say that we don't need to look towards this season centre midfield, and you know we have, we have been linked with Cameron Brannigan, which potentially was a bit of a it was a bit of a shock really to me. But you know, he as we both know, Low likes to put centre midfielders out on the wing because he likes creativity coming from both both fullbacks. You know, so it, I'm not sure what's going to happen and. You know, when Tom Bayless came in, Tom Bayless had a lot of, you know, because when he had the highest, highest, you know, transfer fee and, you know, the expectation on him, you know, we're thinking, oh, he's going to break in. You know, he's got to break in. He's our most expensive signing. We waited and we waited and we waited we did. and he never and, did it. And this is what this is what I've got to feel like. North End have to spend their money accordingly. And, you know, what the, whatever budget we have, you know, if we do get player sales, we do sell, you know, Story, potentially Maguire, you know, potentially even, you know, someone unexpected, we don't know. But North End have to, you know, 
they, they have to spend the money right. You know, they have recently, yeah, with Ben Whiteman, Ali McCann and Emo Reese, they were three top signings by the club. But you, you also look at elsewhere, you know, we've had some stinking signings. So, oh, but we've got, for me, that just shouts, let's look abroad because we never really shopped the Scottish market, really. I think there's a hell of a lot of quality over there because it, it shows that Rangers got to a Europa League final. Like, there's there's quality in the Scottish League. I think it's a little bit underrated. Um, and, you know, McCann came over and he, he did, he's done the job, hasn't he? Emil Rees came from from Denmark, who was very under the radar. You know, he played, he's, he played his most ever football in a season for us this year. He, he only sort of played 12, 13 games a season prior to when we signed him in, in the January. Um so there's so much untapped potential. Yeah. And you look at what what Brentford did when they went up. You know they signed Brian M. Bueno, and they had uh, who else did they have? They had they had West Ham now uh, Ben Rama. Ben Rama, you know McCondes and Tony they picked up as well, and they had you know they've got they signed so many players from abroad on such a so, you know they had a very similar budget to us, and that paid off so well. It always always seems to pay off. You know they've had players that didn't work out and we had players that didn't work out uh, but by the same token it seems to have worked for a lot of clubs Huddersfield very similar I think they've got 11 out there 11 of their squad out of the 16s were free free transfers yes and also what you mentioned like abroad there's probably less of a gamble from abroad I would say I know some people may disagree but you know you bring in a player from abroad it doesn't work out a season later He's still going to have suitors from abroad, whereas you know you you bring in you bring in someone from you know League One, he, he doesn't really do well, and you send him back to League One where there's a salary cap, and you know they can't really spend that much money. So I do feel like if you do look abroad, there's less of a gamble. I may be wrong, I may be chatting absolute waffle, but I just feel like there'll be more suitors. You know, if you sign from abroad, there's just more of like a demographic, if you know what I mean of clubs that may want to sign him back if it doesn't work out, but, you know, hoping it does. I think Lowe knows what he wants. He spoke about abroad quite heavily in the build-up to, to the season, uh, to the, you know, to the, the summer transfer window, and we brought that new market insights company on. Um, I think that can only do us favours because I feel like it's going to be a, a lot more professional recruitment. I feel like there's going to be less get out of the club. I think it's not going to be sort of a case of people start talking. I think they are, you know, they're a professional outfit that, generally do the research and and it probably won't information won't get leaked that much like i remember the brad potts transfer nobody knew that was happening literally 10 minutes before he got announced someone said oh brad potts is signing and then it just pinged up on everyone's timeline and went brad potts is here for our you know his record transfer fee and it was a bit like oh you know danny ings when he went to villa no one knew about that i think that's helpful because it stops you know if you say jumping in, yeah. yeah we're interested in this lad he's going to cost a million and then and then Blackpool comes sniffing, you go, oh, actually, we'll push it 1.5 million. And you see who's going to pay for it. And you get into then, a bidding war, don't you? Yeah. And we can't we can't get into that this season. We've got to we've got to make sure we're very clever recruitment wise. Um go, 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 go on, carry on, sorry. No, just just that obviously I just don't I don't see us not bringing in someone from abroad. I okay, can't see well, that it, happening. It, uh, that, that's the dream because, you know, I've been banging the drum about the abroad market and I do feel like North End are broadening their horizons and they did with Emil Reese. I know he played in England before and, you know, there is 
you know, there's sometimes little rumours of, you know, North End looking abroad. But if they played in England and have gone abroad and want to come back, you know, Lowe's mentioned that. And, you know, we should be tapping into that. And even, you know, players that may not have played for England, we still should be looking to tap into that. I know the Brexit regulations have come in and, you know, it does make it harder, but you can still get through it. No, but of I just, course, yeah. I love North End and I, I feel like if they brought in a player from abroad, someone who uh, you, you probably not not seen before, he, he brings that, that, that bit of excitement yeah. to the club because the, the, the bit of unexpectancy. I, I was and, just going to say that, actually. We're a club that, that's had Irish, Scottish, English players for a very long time. I mean, prior, obviously, I know Daniel Johnson's Jamaican, but prior prior to that, the the other than this season, the only player from abroad that I could really, really remember is um, Marnik Vermeil. He, he, he came from he, he was um, he came from League One, I think. But um, obviously, the the only sort of player that that wasn't English, Scottish, or, or Irish was was him. And we got you get that sort of buzz, you know. Like this season, we've had the, the Danish flags flying around, and and you know we have, we have a Jamaica flag for, for Daniel Johnson. There just seems to be the buzz about the players that come from from abroad or from a from a different country. It's just a bit uncertain. I know, like you know, you got Gustavo Hamer at Coventry. They they're quite he's Brazilian, I think. So there's you know there's, there's so many there's so many yeah there's so many. Uh, you know, foreign players in the championship now, but this there seems to be that, you know, that that they, they come on the cheap. You know, I think Emma Reese cost them a million. He scored twenty goals this season. If you signed him from the Prem, is he costing you five, six, seven? Exactly, and it's it's that bit of unexpectancy, you know, that bit of excitement that North End fans want, you know, and it, it's it's clear that you know Ryan Lowe's got 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 the fans, you know. Exciting, a bit, a bit of unexpectancy, and you know, especially with the season ticket sales because it's hit, you know, seven thousand five hundred. Um, I know uh, Chris Blake Blaylock, um, who's a DJ on uh, Twitter, uh, he asked um, whether whether it should be extended. You know, the deal, and for me, yeah, I mean, if they extend it and then you know potentially bring in a more exciting player, you know. Win-win. You know, you're going to get more flocking through the door because they're going to be like, oh, what are North End doing this season? You know, they've done great work with passing out flyers. You know, I've received one and it's just, you know, but I feel like the club, if they do extend it and do bring someone in, they're going to be on to a massive winner. And, you know, they're going to fill Deepdale. And, you know, I remember that time. Well, I think it was in, what was it, in 2019 where we were at Alex Neal. It was a fortress. Although we didn't have, you know, potentially the greatest, you know, support sometimes, but it was a fortress. And I feel like that's what Ryan Lowe's trying to build, but with more atmosphere. And he built it so well at Plymouth, like you say. Yeah. It was a, it's a Plymouth is, is, you know, it's a, a club revived now. And, and obviously, I'm not going to talk too much on Plymouth because I know it's a very different scenario at North End. But um, I think that all the Plymouth fans were very upset for a good for good reason. I think they, as much as they didn't want to admit it, Ryan Lowe was the sort of catalyst for them. And I think it could be that for us. Um, we've just got to be, be not, not careful. We've just got to be, you know, Stay down to earth a bit. He's not going to turn us round overnight, but he could well be the man that does it. But we've also got to think that 
there's so many clubs in the northwest, and um, to to get when you know it's looking like we're going to get around ten thousand season tickets sold, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and to get ten thousand plus whatever you sell on the day, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I, I can't. I, I'm not entirely sure how many home seats there are. I think it's around. I think it's around seventeen, eighteen thousand. It, dep- it depends if you split the cock as well, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, you know, if you're selling 10,000 season tickets and, and you can only sell 16,000 home fans, and, you know, you, you're getting 1,000 on the door and then you, you're playing, you, you know, we've got five, six massive derbies this year. You know, that's probably a full away end five, six, seven times. You, you're getting at 19, 20,000 on deep down, which is it's, it's great to see. Um, well, what I would also mention, I know, I know it's a great deal at the store. Um, for me, obviously, I, I, I'm still at Unity. Um, the, the discount's fantastic for adults. I do feel like um, for like young adults, potentially, you know, the club's been absolutely fantastic off the pitch. Um, uh, and one, for, one place that, I, you know, obviously the club's open to recommendations. And I mean, uh, it may just be me, me and my belt, because obviously I still am going to get a season ticket. But potentially they could look towards, you know, looking at you clan and stuff. You know, I, I know, I know, young young adults, you know, are, are nineteen to twenty four, and you know that's the age of uni students. So it may just be me. But you know, two hundred eighty quid straight off the bat. I know there's fan on top shin, but it's still quite a lot. So you know, potentially they could look into, you know, doing a deal with you clan. You know, he wants more bums on seats and. It, I feel like UCLan uh, is such a a good place to you know go and show what we have because if you bring uni students potentially from I don't know they, they, say they came up from London you know and they start going on North End games they end up spending three years at UCLan and end up having you know free season tickets at North End they'll become a fan and then from that you know wherever they go to. It just it broadens the horizons of North End, you know, because it just allows more more fans to come from it in different places. Because if you're a Preston fan, you've either and moved away, you've you've lived in Preston. Like, there's no doubts about it. There's you've got to know someone who's been and lived in Preston to support yeah. Preston, or, or your family originally from Preston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've originally from there, or someone in your family's originally from there. So, adding another addition onto this, and you know, doing deals with you clan and bringing you know students in, you'll only it may just be me and just try to waffle and. You know, say, oh yeah, students should get cheaper things because uh, you know, not student finance. It, it's just another option, really. So it's, it may just be a little thing, and I know North End notoriously, you know, get this local support and stuff. But maybe you know, broaden it a bit. I I, I don't know. I might just be waffling, Luke. No, there's obviously there's that that potential, but I think you got to look at it. You know, as we say, two hundred eighty pound is a lot of money, but that is upfront. I think it works out. What is it? It's twenty four pound a month. Twelve pound a game, it's it's, it's very it's cheap. Deal, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the cheapest in the league, uh, from what I've I've seen, um, which is which is great, because for, for me it's always been very expensive. Um, mm. I mean, I know I always used to sort of go on by myself with my or with my friends because it was a bit 
you know, my mum or my dad would pick and choose or, or whatever. So it, it was just sort of a case of that I'd go on myself. But, you know, now now it's becoming more affordable for, for families to go on. And, you know, the tickets for under 11s are free. It's 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 a good it's a good buzz to have around the club. And with the fan zone and, and then potentially putting a permanent fan zone in soon, it's it's great news for the club. They're slowly but surely getting there. I think Ridsdale's done a very underrated job. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Preston Supporters Collective have done a massive job and, you know, have influenced it because I know the club mentioned that they do want, you know, supporters to, you know, if there was a problem, they want them to come to the club and say it. And I feel like having someone like the Supporters Collective where they say, listen, we want this, sort it out, kind of pushes them into a direction as such. Yeah, I feel like course. that really works. Yeah, and, uh, Craig Cummings does seem to have, have taken on board um, a lot of the sort of the issues we did have surrounding the club. And I, fe- I feel like we might invest this summer as well. I feel like that's something that we could be looking at doing. It'll be, it'll be exciting if we do it, 100%. It just doesn't, it doesn't need to be a lot of money. It just needs to be invested in the right place. And uh, do you I trust the club to do that? I, 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 <laughs> it's a very... It's a very difficult one because you never know how much say who who has to say in the transfers you know Ryan Lowe might have the whole say so he, he might recruit very well um, uh, or Ridsdale might have a little bit of a say which could become an issue maybe I know we I know we got rid of um, well uh, he's moved into a, a different role hasn't he but um, the last week yeah uh, I, he was meant to be very highly rated but it seems to be like he's possibly taken a little bit of a step back for maybe low to step in and, and, and do market a proper insights. sort of, you know, work with that market insights company and, and really do a thorough job. Because I know I, Rinsdale said on his on his last uh, interview that Ryan Lowe works the phone more than any other manager he's ever seen. Um, so I, I feel like Lowe's in constant contact throughout the whole season about trying to get players on board. Yes. And, and we've seen interviews with him that say he's had players come up to him at the end of matches and say, I want to sign for you. Like, he seems to have this magnetic pull of high-quality players. Like, I, I mean, he did it at Plymouth. I mean, I can only say he signed Archer for us, um, really. Uh, but, you know, it seems to be like he might actually... Be a little bit more sort of clever in his in his transfers. He might sort of look abroad or look in in the lower leagues, which I know he knows quite well. But he might make sure that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. It's just more about. Uh, I'm unsure where my expectations should be, but I, I'm guessing the best thing is just to wait and see. Really, yeah, that's, I think that's the best. But, no, you know, yeah, these links are exciting. Of um, course, of course, but you got to remember agent talk is is massive. Yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely, and you know, I'll I'll still get overexcited when I see you know North End linked with someone, and I'm just still because it because it's part of everyone. They probably still get overexcited, and you know, I know some people say, oh yeah, you've got to wait until the uh, the sand and dotted line, but you can still get excited. You can still, you know, when the links. But yeah, you mentioned investment abroad and you know just investment as a whole if it does come in you know pressing off end are going to be exciting and uh, that feels good to say Luke I want to be a scary team I want to be a team that I see on Twitter oh Preston are coming we might actually not win this game 
And yeah, I, I don't want to be a team that rolls over. That people say, "Oh yeah, they'll roll over." No, uh, but we yeah. want to. We want to be that team. That Huddersfield. That's the best example I can give this season. What? Yeah. What they came from nowhere, absolutely nowhere. And I know Carlos Colbrand's a, a great manager, but where did they come from? They were absolutely amounted to nothing last season. And I tell you um, what, they were they were woeful when I watched uh, North End against them. Uh, they, uh, they won one nil without a shot on target. They were woeful. On that point, do you think that the best teams in the league can not turn up and still win? Do you think that's the reason? That's the difference. In terms of in terms of Huddersfield, I feel like they didn't gel properly at that point because they were definitely one of the worst teams that I've. That was one of the worst teams I've seen Northampton play a game against. Where when we played, it was like uh, was it like three or four games in. Yeah, they, they were woeful, and we were worse. But they so, signed a lot of free agents that summer, haven't they? Yeah, so I think it needed time to. You and know, all, and when it did click, they they became. They, it, I think they've got the best record in the league since the time. Pretty much unstoppable, they became, uh, and that's what we got to do. I, I know, I know. Paul Gallagher's came out and said we will be a fast start. It will be a fast start this season, but. You're going to be bringing in quite a few players. You're going to bring quite a few players. So if he doesn't, if it isn't a fast start, like he says, you know, give it some time because it could turn out like Huddersfield. Yeah, I just hope it's not a a normal Preston season. It's uh, we lose the first five games, have a great run in the middle, get very optimistic on the playoffs, and then bottle it at the end. Well, Um, bottle it like what five games before, and then we got nothing to play for for the last like five games. Yeah. the season always peters out with no effect. It never seems to start very quickly. But by by the by the same, sorry, we address it in the same way that that season we were top of the league at Christmas and we missed out on the playoffs. I think it was on goal difference, wasn't it? Was it we missed out to Derby on goal difference? What was it point? No, I'm not too sure. Um, were you on about that one under Neil? Yeah, well, we finished seventh. I think it was a couple of points. Oh, oh, I don't have to, to check, but I, yeah, I get your point. Definitely. You know, we we were in that for the whole season, and and it's exciting because you start to get the, the more fans coming. Go, well, actually, we might we might make something of this. And what you got, we got to remember this season is if we have a really good start to the season, it's looking very optimistic. We have the half season cards come in, and yeah. we could get another two, three thousand of them sold, and then beat Dell's rocking every week, and and. I'm 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 excited for this season because I think it could go very very right, um, but it could go very wrong. But I don't want it to go very wrong. So there's, more there's... more optimism than negativity. Of course, so, of course. I think Brian is the most exciting manager we've had at Preston for a long time. I, I mean, Low was. Uh, I mean, Neil was a great appointment. Don't get me wrong, but I think Low could work out to be a better appointment. Absolutely, and yeah, because I like mean, he said, he wants to manage in the Prem. And yeah, he, said he, he, does. He, he said he, he he doesn't want to do that unless he takes a club up there. So he's clearly taken us a project and says, you know, I want to I want to do it with Preston. And he said that a few times, and he, he believes we can do it. So this season is probably the, our our biggest chance in a long time to recruit well and get up there. Yeah, and even if not season, you watch out for next season because I think you know this might be just a rebuilding season. And then next season, we're going to absolutely go for it. I mean, I could be wrong. We could end up, you know, finishing third. Or, you know, we could end up finishing 18th. God knows. So, trust the process, I say, really. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 
I'm excited. Yeah. But that's, you know, we will see. We will see. We'll see. I mean, unless you've got anything else to say, I think I think we've covered quite a lot of things here, Luke. No, I think I think that's I think that's all I've got to say. Um, so yeah, this is uh, another episode ticked off. I, I think um I, I know I know I mentioned it last week that we might have a break and you know, until there is rumours. I thought I felt like, you know, a debate show would probably be good. Um so until there is probably some news, we we won't probably do another episode until there is. And then when there is, you know, we can come on and speak about it but thank you listeners once again for listening and uh thank you luke for coming on for your first time i, I thought you were you know superb i mean uh, if, if you want to um you know g- give yourself a uh, a little shout out now on for uh, people to follow you on your socials you can do but i thought you were absolutely superb first time yeah, it's uh, luke ashcroft 16 on on twitter uh but i'm gonna sort of try and and get some you know, I've done a bit of sort of writing on on North Ham before, so I'm going to try and get some of that uh, material out there. But you know, it's been it's been good. I hope my opinions weren't too extravagant, but no, yeah, no, it's no, been absolutely. it's been good. No, I mean, obviously, if you're doing writing and stuff, you know, you're more than welcome to post it on the Butter Pie Press. You know, we'll post it out there, whichever. You know, just you know, give me a shout and I'll uh, I'll sort it all out for you. But no yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Thank thank you, Luke, once again. And uh, cheers, listeners, for listening. And we will see you soon. Yeah. Cheers.